everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and this is episode 319. This is Saturday show, a special Saturday show, and we got two people in uh, Europe, Andre, who comes all the time from Portugal, Annie New. Um, I'm glad to have you, Annie, and you are in England, uh, Warrington, wow. England, and then Josh Ash uh, in Pennsylvania and um, Philadelphia. I don't know why I had a problem. Amy in Raleigh, North Carolina, and Adam in San Diego. So I'm excited you guys are here. As the, you pop in, um, you can just type in the chat, make sure your chat thing says all panelists and attendees, then that way we all can read everybody. Um, everybody can read your stuff. So we are going to get started. Here's the thing. Hiba does so many things. She's so good at so many things, but when she dives in, she dives deep. And she gets done, she gets things and she figures things out and she's such a great problem solver with this. Well, when she was looking for a job, when she was uh, fresh, pretty out of school, she'd been out of school for about a year. She was working in Florida at a TV station, right? Um, uh, when I was in Florida, I wasn't, no, I wasn't working at a TV station. Um, I was working uh, out of the university at an uh, agency within the University of Central Florida. Okay. And I was about to graduate and I was looking for a job. And so you took it to LinkedIn and this was how many years ago? Uh, 2015. Oh my God. It's been almost five, year. five years. Yeah. Almost five years. So what month was it you, you were looking? I started looking in March, April. That was kind of, you know, I had wrapped up my senior portfolio and I was going full on looking for a job. I did not want to graduate without having something in the bag. So all. here's the other thing. A lot of people aren't quite as driven as Hiba, but what I want you guys to get out of this is that really it's about re making relationships. She didn't expect to get a job on Friday if she started on Monday. So this was something, again, she started March, April. She knew she graduated in May. So this was something she knew she was building, but she also, this, there's no quick, easy fix, but there are some cheats that we're going to talk to about some things that she learned that now maybe you don't have to go through so many other iterations because she did learn these things but here's here's the thing it takes time it's just like any relationship even a friendship it takes time it takes time you you need to um spend time with these people online they need to see you and trust you and know what you're willing to do because sometimes they get inundated with so many um resumes and letters and emails that things get lost so you have to be repetitive i believe um not annoyingly but we're going to talk about that so we're going to dive in you really use linkedin in a bunch of different ways i think that really secured you going from w florida east coast atlantic ocean yeah sort of <laughs> all the way to san diego a whole west coast right so with with that what was the um were you on linkedin before that Okay, so I kind of want to touch point on some of the things that you talked about. When my whole journey started a whole, maybe a year or two before, and you're right, there's multiple factors that come into play. Um, I've always been on LinkedIn. As soon as that, you know, I was introduced to LinkedIn, I started my account, but when did I ramp it up and I kind of started using it to try and look for a job. It's literally two months before I started, um, uh, before I actually graduated. So, so I always had my account, but you can't just have an account and you can't just um, 
um, request the people that you know, even though uh, I think there's an etiquette with LinkedIn that I kind of broke the rules on because I didn't know that that etiquette existed. Um, and it helped me a bunch. So, to break the um, rules? Oh my God. Yeah. So I didn't know that the etiquette is you can't be requesting people you're not working with on LinkedIn. And I was requesting people left and right, but people that I idolize. So, um, I've always been on LinkedIn. I've made connections on there, uh, ever since I had, um, my, my own online magazine, I use that to link with the different uh, publishers and the writers and the editors. But then when I switched focus to UX design, I know this is going to sound <clears throat> not so great because these are not just connections or friendships, but we have other social medias, right? But LinkedIn was supposed to be just for work. So what I did was I curated my LinkedIn. I got rid of everybody who was not in my field and, and then I rebuilt it from scratch. So I started focusing on my inner circle you know, who are my, who are going to be my colleagues in the future, which are my classmates, then their classmates and their friends, the ones that they introduced me to, but then I wanted to take it to a different level. So with LinkedIn, it's all about perception, right? Mm -hmm. Who are your friends? This, when somebody goes to add you, the first thing that sh it shows them is who are you linked with? Are you a first? Are you a second? Are you a third? That's very important. With somebody that they know, right? You With have a somebody connection. That they know. Yeah, yeah. And because of because of the unspoken rule that I didn't know about, if I'm friends with somebody that they know, because you know, in LinkedIn, you only request the people that you know, then they're they'll assume that they know me. That automatically adds to my credibility, right? So what I did, <laughs> and I and I think this was. But here's the thing: I just want to set the stage just a little oh, yeah. bit. You are super credible. You had started your <laughs> own business. You did. Um, you were amazing at your amazing designer. You don't let anything stop you. You dive in deep when you want to learn something new. Your work is really, really good. So it's not like you're just this creeper trying to be friends. People could look at your website or they could look at other things that you'd done to see that they wanted to be friends with you. It was, and cause Annie's saying, yeah, there's a lot of spam people on there and you kind of have to like dig in to see if this person, so it's not like HIPAA is a spammer. She yeah. had built a great reputation already from the things that she had mm -hmm. done. And really you were just being able to, because you had built something, you were able to use that to your advantage to then make connections with people that you wanted to make connections with. Do um, you know what I mean? Because if, if you, yeah, so let's never take it a step anything. back. Yeah. Let's, let's take everything a step back. First of all, let's kind of give everybody a little bit of a background about who I am and what I do and all the things. I think we kind of like skipped that. Part. I know we did. I <laughs> we're just so jumped excited. right in. <laughs> we're so excited about LinkedIn. I'm really excited about LinkedIn. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm coming, I'm getting rid of a, like a cold. But, um, so uh, my name is Hiba, I'm a user experience designer, but um, I, for the last um, about 12 years now, I've been a student of design. So I started off in architecture, I've done architecture for five years, then I went into graphic design, and then I am a self-taught user experience designer. I've been doing user experience design for years now. Um, and recently I'm, and we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, in 
later in the episode, but I'm slowly learning UX research um, so to kind of like be well-rounded. So I have all of this experience. And uh, when I was graduating from graphic design school, I had already been um, a designer for about seven years. Um, I've been freelancing. I uh, worked internationally, worked nationally. I, I was working at a, an agency. So I've had, I had the experience and I had the, the resume. But how was I going to bring that to the forefront using LinkedIn? What I did is when I removed everybody that wasn't a part of UX because that was the focus that I wanted to get into, um, I looked at <clears throat> the tools that LinkedIn provides you. Uh, LinkedIn is, um, I believe, uh, is a CV. So based on my understanding, the difference between a resume and a CV is a CV actually uh, tracks your whole life, while as a resume is just a summary, a quick summary of what you've done recently, right? So LinkedIn is your, your CV. You go in there and you write everything, not just your job um, and uh, your, the location and the company and how long you were there, but you need to write in it, what were your responsibilities. That's what strengthens your LinkedIn. When you go in there and you, you add those sections in there, that strengthens your profile. And not only just adding <clears throat> your description and you know everything that you've worked on uh, up until you graduated or like let's just say from your beginning the beginning job the great thing about LinkedIn is you actually can add links to some of the works that you've done for each position and uh, one of my <coughs> recent uh, features that I like a lot is people giving you recommendations, actually writing those recommendations so that if a prospective employer wants to learn a little bit more about you, if they see that somebody who was your manager, somebody who was a previous employer has written you a recommendation, automatically it all, all of those things add to your credibility. So uh, instead of them approaching you, asking you for some references, you, they already have that that's already given to them without them asking. Um, <clears throat> so those are things that I done to strengthen my profile. And uh, one of the things that I also wanted to do, uh, preparing for the, the idea of starting to approach people, is I wanted to create a, um, an image. I wanted to create a, a profile image that was unique and to the point. Everybody on LinkedIn had a professional headshot, which is great. You know, it shows that you're human, it shows who you are, it kind of gives them an idea of what you've done. But I wanted to create an image that showcased my creativity. And if you guys notice my profile image, that, that is, has become kind of like my, my icon, it kind of represents my brand. Um, that is an image that memorable. I put everywhere. It's memorable. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's very unique to me and I have I've used it on all of my social medias. And so I put it on LinkedIn as well. Um, I also started curating all of my social medias. So any content that I was putting out there only talked about the field that I'm in. Right. Um, I add a little personal things here and there. And I think that also adds to um, it helps people understand if I fit into their culture, which is important. Right. Like what? Like what would you say? And where would like, you put like, that? Um, like so in like, posts yeah. or yeah. So in okay. posts and uh, not on LinkedIn. I haven't done that on LinkedIn. But if somebody, uh, if if I request somebody on LinkedIn and they go look for my, you know, Instagram or Twitter, I made sure that Twitter only focused on you know UX and career related information and uh, my 
field-related information. Instagram talked about my side projects and it, it kind of incorporates my fun side and my life side and my social side. Um, and then LinkedIn just focused on my career. It was purely just resume um, and making connections through there. So, so now that you guys have like a little bit of background about me and the foundation that I've created, um, the profile image is very important because the first thing that people see before they accept you is your profile image. Um, and then uh, the strategy behind connecting with people that uh, make you seem like you they know you at a personal level, right? So, and then connecting with the right people. So I didn't just wanna connect with somebody um, that I've spoken with, before, even though going to conferences and going to meetups and going to AIGA um, meetings and creative morning meetings were essential for me to at least start creating uh, friendships. Um, but once I started connecting with the people that I already knew, you know, um, what is the seven rule? Remember, like seven uh, yeah, people? It's, it's seven degrees of separation. Thank right? you. There you go. Yes. So with every person that I connected with in real life that added me on LinkedIn, there is seven other people, you know, that I became closer to, right? Um, so the next step was looking at the big agencies in the U.S. Um, okay, before I, I even question. started. I want to go back real quick because you said something yeah. that I want to make sure we know. I want to know what you're talking about. So okay. you said to the right people. And I think um, – so I'm, man, I'm already taking notes. I got it all. I'm going to have to flip over this piece of paper. So connect with the people that you want to be aligned with is right. You said the right people. Well, what is the right people? The right people for me. So yeah, yeah. at the time I was still trying to figure out, am I going to do graphic design or am I going to do UX design? I didn't really understand what UX design was. I was slowly learning it. But the first thing I started to do is uh, connecting with uh, people who are known in the industry. So if you go to my LinkedIn, I'm actually connected to um, um, Jessica Walsh and Debbie Millman. These so are you, you wanted people who had good reputations in the industry, ethical, yes. um, mm -hmm. very uh, good people, strong people, but also um, good business owners, entrepreneurs. So, mm -hmm. so, so they represented me as a person. Like this is what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like I connected with them. The okay. people that I aspired uh, to. Um, so uh, before I even connected with them, I had to connect with people around them that were in the industry. This is going to sound very stockish. It's not. It's literally, I would go to the agency's website. I would go to their about page. I would see who's on there. And what's beautiful about LinkedIn, if you have your first and last name, you plug it in and you look for them, right? Um, but then I came across the, how do you know this person? question and um, you know where they ask you okay give us their email or their phone number so that we can make sure that you guys are connected this is Again, the prompt LinkedIn when you say you want to connect and then it says how yes. do you know this person there's a pop-up box that comes <clears> in <throat> and there's like three things do you do you can you put in their email um, they're an acquaintance I don't know them right yeah mm -hmm. exactly so what would as you a put techie person okay so there was a bug in LinkedIn on their mobile app. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know if they fixed it. I don't know. But 
uh, I started adding them on my phone and it would like it through the app and it worked some people would accept and some people wouldn't and I and I whenever I wanted um, to connect to someone really bad that I've heard them speak or I've seen like a uh, talk for them online I always 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 added a message so when you connect with somebody on LinkedIn it provides you the opportunity to send them a small message so I would let them know like I really loved your talk. I learned so much from it. Thank you so much for the, you know, the time that you've provided with us. Sometimes I'll ask a question. Sometimes I'll say like, I would really love to connect with you, um, you know, virtually. And a lot of times the people that I leave messages for, they accept my connection, you know? So at this so, point, back in March of 2015, how much time are you spending trying to connect with people? And making messages and doing, because this seems like kind of yeah. time consuming. It is time consuming. Uh, at the time, you got to keep in mind, I had a spot showcase that I was preparing for. I had a senior showcase that I was preparing for. I had a, well, how old was Aiden? Aiden was like four-year-old. I was working 20 hours a week. There was a, a lot that I was doing, right? Um, but you knew this was important, so you made yeah. time for it. So you yes. would do these little things when you were in traffic or when you were what at all times or would you have specific time during the day that you did it? Yeah. I, I, I was never good at like assigning time periods and then like doing the things that I need to do during those time periods. I literally, you know, instead of watching TV or, you know, um, on a break from having lunch. Um, I, I know that doesn't sound very practical, but I'm a mom. Like, Time is extremely precious. So anytime I had found like little pockets and I didn't have much to do, I would just take advantage of that time. Um, so like what was the smallest I, pocket you think you used? Like a good 10 minutes, a good chunk, okay. uh, like a 10 minute ch chunk is not that bad because what I would do is I would go to uh, an agency that I respected or like a company that I respected uh, website. Let's just say smaller companies have the about us site that they have like 20 people on their team. I would go and I would look for the UX designers or the, you know, the visual designers or the UI designers. I would look for them and I would look for them on LinkedIn. I would sometimes go to their portfolios and I'd see like, okay, do I like what they do? You know, so I was very specific. Like I didn't just add anybody. That's why the whole like spamming thing doesn't really apply here because it was very strategic, right? So wait, um, so I want to ask one more question. So sure. I mean, I have lots more questions, but sure. what about, uh, how did you find the companies that you respected? You were on the East coast. So how did you find things in on? Okay. So Annie's in Warrington, England, how does she find somebody in America to work with? That's a, it's a company that's reputable. What was on their website? Was there a trick even? Cause that's part of the research too, was the mm -hmm. pre before you go to LinkedIn? Yeah, Google is your best friend. Okay. <laughs> Google is your best friend, but I think going to somebody's portfolio, like you can't just go to an agency and you go to a website. You go to a portfolio, you see the, the, the companies that they worked for, or who are their clients? Do you like their work? Maybe their work is not that great and it doesn't align with what you do. Um, you're trying to connect yourself with people that align with what you do, you know, mm -hmm. like that have similar tastes as you. Like, how are they going to like what you're doing if 
they're not doing something similar, right? They have a similar style. Um, uh, I think I never thought I had a style. And then when I look at my work, I'm very minimalist. Like I'm, I'm to the point, my designs are, are clean and to the point and, and showcase to the user like, okay, there's this one button that you need to press and you're going to press it. You know what I mean? So, so would, you, would, people, you, would you find people ahead. on like Dribbble or uh, Behance or um, other kind of uh, Instagram and then just search them and then see where they worked and then go back that way? <coughs> or would you go to agencies or you would search on Google certain hashtags? No, I would actually say design agency in New York, you know, design agency and what are the San Diego design agencies? You know, okay. when I was looking to move to San Diego, I strictly used Google in the beginning. And so, then as people started to, to, as, as I started to get to know more people, like for example, when I searched for communities in San Diego, I was able to find a Slack channel that was called, I'm still a part of them actually very active on that channel. It's called the San Diego Digital Designers. That, that was the way I was able to find my first job. Like it was a post on there, right? Uh, I mean, uh, for in San Diego, but- So one, one thing I want to point out. So, so yeah. Josh Ash in um, Philadelphia, he doesn't mm -hmm. just, if he's doing freelance work, he does amazing illustrations. He works at yeah. the university, but he also does freelance. He's a great illustrator. Mm -hmm. Branding uh, for- Anyway, like sports yeah. branding things. Yeah. So if he wants to do work for a new team in um, Chicago or he wants to do, it's a team in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. it, and like Annie or, or um, Andre, you could actually, what I, I think I hear is a, a key thing is that she sp picked out a specific city. And mm -hmm. because that's, Google does that differently. So you're a San Diego designer, a New York whatever so this way instead of just doing design agency or branding yep. like just specifically topic be specific about the location it doesn't mean you have to live there or work there you probably haven't met many of those mm -hmm. people from that slack channel but you've no. been present yeah. there and so it mm -hmm. doesn't matter it's about being present and consistent and sharing quality right yeah absolutely and yeah google the more specific the better you know, um, and even though like San Diego has hundreds of agencies, I still was only able to find uh, close to like 15 on, on there, but still that's a lot. But before I even was uh, location specific, I was still building my LinkedIn. Like before I, I was thinking about that, I was thinking about my LinkedIn itself and creating the credibility around it. So one of the companies that I was looking at was like Pentagram. Pentagram is huge. I actually, um, tried to link myself with all of the senior designers, the, the partners themselves. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was very successful in doing so. Um, so that added to the credibility of my LinkedIn. Now, the next step after that, what I started doing is, um, before I was, I knew because even in March, I wasn't hundred percent sure that I was going to be moving to San Diego, you know? So I was looking at, also jobs in in Orlando and just by my con current connections um, I learned that there's something called tech recruiters <laughs> you know that are local so I started um, I, a couple of my friends told me who, what their names are on LinkedIn and then I went to that company the tech recruiting company and I went to their employees and I link, I connected myself with the recruiters themselves. What's great about connecting with the recruiters 
they use LinkedIn heavily. So they're always posting about job offers that they have available. So now I built my credibility. I'm connected with the recruiters. I see what job off, uh, uh, offers are there. Um, the, the first job out of college that brought me to San Diego, I was able to get it through LinkedIn and uh, I worked for CBS. And then when I was looking for my next job, one of my previous coworkers in CBS posted on LinkedIn that she was looking for a UX designer. So I reached out to her. Not only was it helpful that I worked with her before, but the fact, you know, we had lost touch and, and then I saw her post on LinkedIn, you know, it helped me like having that access. I would have never known about that job offer or that job opportunity if it wasn't for her posting it on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I want to ask this. So Annie has a great question, but I want to ask one question before I do Annie's comment or question. So if you, the thing is, is that you can't just go on and never come back. You, you are literally reading posts, you're connecting, right? You're not just consuming or um, trying to sell yourself. It's also mm -hmm. like you're seeing what other people are posting and you're connecting. So is that as important on LinkedIn as it is on Instagram? Oops. Oh, we lost her. It's too hard of a question. I don't know what happened. Hmm. Well, Annie's question was, I wonder if LinkedIn differs. Oh, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Lost like a good chunk of what you said. <laughs> okay. So, um, you were saying you were active, you were connected. Yeah. So, and you were, you were reading posts and you were commenting. How important yes. is that compared to like commenting on Instagram? Is it just as important? Not as important? What? It's very important. So there's, uh, uh, I prefer direct messages than just like leaving comments. Um, and uh, one of the things that I do is I, every time I get a notification that somebody's celebrating a, an anniversary or celebrating a new position or celebrating, I don't do birthdays. I object <laughs> about the birthdays on LinkedIn. It doesn't make sense. I think they need to get rid of that. Like, I don't know. But it's a good excuse to kind of like start a conversation, right? So yeah. I always, always, you know, send people messages, uh, direct messages. Um, you know, congratulations on your new position. Congratulations on your anniversary. You know, if I have a question or if I'm interested, I'll ask something. But if, if I say happy anniversary for four years to the same person and, you know, LinkedIn shows them the history in our direct messages, one day they're going to be curious, especially if they're looking for someone. And my title says UX designer. You know what I mean? Um, long uh, game. It's a long I, game, right? It is. It is a long game. And if you notice, uh, Diane, like I, I'm very much about interpersonal relationships. So like public stuff, I'm not a big fan of, but like, you know, one-on-one um, -on -one is, is I take that not just in person, in personal life, but I also take that on in the digital world too. So I prefer to have conversations, you know, in, in DMs. <laughs> Sorry, I keep putting things in quotations, but I think it's hilarious. Um, you know, in private messages, I think it's, I think having conversations there, you know, asking questions, um, actually show curiosity. If you think of people, if sincerely you think of somebody 
who is this has this high paying job who is well respected in the in the community who's has all these accomplishments if you look at that person and you think about them as a human being you know, if you think about them, like they have problems, they, they want empathy, they want somebody to care about them. And you approach your conversation that way. Oh, man, you increase your chances you, so much to get a response. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So Annie has a question. So we have a couple of people who do a lot of um, they're freelance or they're, they have their own business, right? So Annie is a pattern and service designer and she's, I said, well, maybe you could connect with creative agents. So people who are uh, finding work for you. So it's kind of like a recruiter, yeah. but for um, mm -hmm. not necessarily for going to get a job job. Um, so she'd like to get more freelance work with service and pattern design and illustration. So okay. research, do you think she should research areas of the industry to target for LinkedIn, what would you suggest? I think that she needs to start posting her work on LinkedIn. Okay. That's what you need to do. You need to start posting your work on LinkedIn so people already are seeing the things that you're doing. Maybe do a 100-day challenge or, or something. And as you are connecting with those creative agents that you are recommending that I am, when they go out and they want to show people, they'll be like, here, look at, look at her work. And she is dedicated. She's creating consistent. all of this. She's consistent, you know. So already, before they even approach you, you have a quality. You have ex you've set up expectations for them, right? I love that. Um, yeah. I think that's that's very important for me. It doesn't like it doesn't apply for me because I'm always looking for full time positions. So right. having a portfolio is different. But for someone who is freelancing. Um, showing that you are consistent, showing that you are the quality of your work online at a, um, you know, steady pace is the best way to go about it. You know, building your, building your community on Instagram or building your community on YouTube, if you want to do YouTube or, or even LinkedIn, you know, I think that is very important. My favorite way to build websites is with the Elementor plugin. It works with almost any WordPress theme, making almost anything invincible. This plugin has changed the way I've been able to design websites and the speed at which I'm able to do them. This plugin is the Elementor plugin. Where other visual builders have fallen short, Elementor just uses common sense and it's so easy to understand and implement. If you've tried the free one and you're ready to purchase the pro, you can use this affiliate link to purchase the plan that's right for you. It's bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital D capital R Elementor. Okay. So we have another question that's kind of related because I think about a lot of people are these entrepreneurs or they're doing these, it's like freelancing, but you're really doing, you're running a business. Mm -hmm. So if uh, Andre does a lot of comics or uh, he, and he makes comics for people who are teaching kids about history or science or things like this, right? So yeah. same thing with, um, with Annie and her uh, work with surface and pattern design, you've got to think who or what are companies that use surface and pattern or, or create surface and pattern designs. It could mm -hmm. be that you do something with fabric or textile, uh, Eddie mm -hmm. Bauer or people who are making sheets or, or I don't know what your style is, Annie, feel free to put your Instagram mm -hmm. in the um, chat. But here's the thing, like connect, just like HIPAA was connecting with UX design agencies, 
or places that had UX designers, find maybe where other people, other surface pattern designers, it's really important for you to align. Just like she was aligning with Debbie Millman, um, it's important for you to align with other surface and pattern designers or get on po um, forums. But then y'all are all competing kind of for the same jobs. But what you can do is you can look back at their history and see who they've worked with, see companies that you might not have thought about. And then it might take you in new directions as well, I think. Because um, one of the questions I had that I didn't write down for you, Hiba, was: Does it? Do you think? Do you think LinkedIn works differently for freelancers or people who have their own businesses, um, or or do you think it's different for illustrators? Either one of those. No, I think I think LinkedIn works for everybody. It's a place for you to find work. I want to take a step, <clears throat> kind of like a little break, and kind of talk about the different uh, points that we've discussed so far. They're very important. First, connect with your peers, your inner circle and their, and their peers. The second one is connect with your idols. That's very important. The third one is connect with um, <clears throat> recruiting agencies, right? The fourth one is you go to the company you want to work for. You go to their employee section and you look for HR. Mm -hmm. Find their HR people and connect with them. Find their, uh, the, the team's general manager and connect with them. Okay, when, when for freelancers, if a company is looking for a designer, they're gonna go to HR and be like, hey, find this as a, a designer. HR is going to look into the community that they have. So connect with the people that you know, connect with your idols, connect with recruiting agencies, connect with HR and general managers for the teams that you wanna be a part of, okay? These are very important. So if, if you take anything out of today, these are the four that you should do. And if I can think of a fifth one, I'll let you know. But through our conversation, they'll come to me. That's kind of how I did it. Like those, this is how I started. I started off, I connected with my friends and then I connected with my idols. That built my credibility. I connected with the recruiters, especially like recruiters that do tech and then, because that's the industry that I wanted to get into. And then when I started looking at the companies that I am in, so now I'm, I'm in San Diego, now I'm looking at companies that I'm in, and I know I want to do, for example, in-house, not just agency. Okay, how do I get in-house? Like, how do I get into the UX team that's in-house? Okay, I need to look for HR, I need to look for the general manager um, or the team manager and connect with them directly. So then you do that. Every job that I've gotten, has been by me contacting somebody on LinkedIn that I knew was on that team. It's always been that way. Wow. It's always. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've put in out my resume. I've done multiple interviews. But the fact that they knew somebody that I knew or someone we were connected somehow, you know, and we were on LinkedIn, like LinkedIn made it easy for me to connect with them or like send them a message instead of looking for their emails and stuff. You know what it, I mean? It also becomes that they're, I really think it's important that you see the interconnectedness you see, mm -hmm. um, because we tend to be incestuous to some extent, um, not in a bad way, uh, but meaning we hire people that we know. We hire people that know somebody that we know because mm -hmm. it is a sensitive industry, right? We're very empathetic. Yeah. We have think we're working closely. Um, we deal with think very big things that are making businesses or, or changing lives, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's it's more about if somebody can vouch for you, mm-hmm. you know, it's more about that because you don't, when you're hiring somebody, you're committing to that person. It's like getting married. Okay. There is nothing worse than hiring the wrong person, especially if they're the wrong culture or they don't have the talent or any of that because you are stuck with that person until either they decide to leave or they've done enough damage that you have enough like reasoning to actually let them go, you know? So, you know, the last time that happened in my experience, it took us two years to get rid of that person. You know what I mean? One bad decision can create so much chaos and so much damage has already had already happened because of, uh, you know, one person's decision, you know what I mean? So I think the reason why the, this industry specifically, I'm sure it's, it, it, I'm sure it's part of other industries too, but I, I've only seen it in ours um, because I'm a part of this industry. But the reason why we look for people that we kind of know or somebody knows them is because they can vouch for you. They can, they know that you are doing a good job, that you, you know, are a good person. You're really talented. Yeah, your portfolio shows all those things and your resume shows all those things. But who's going to speak about your personality? Who's going to speak about like, okay, how do you do well working in a team? Do you, are you a good leader? Are you a good mentor? Are you receptive to feedback? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's why. So Annie also had a question uh, and then we're going to go jam in on my questions, but she had a question okay. about um, she's not able to make it to a lot of in-person events. What would you tell somebody that they should do to kind of combat this? I mean, if you can go to be strategic, I think, and go to one in-person event, I think would be really helpful. Um, a year if you can do that, but be strategic yeah. on which one you go to. But what would you tell somebody who has that kind of issue? They can't, there's not a lot of events in their area. Well, okay. So I'm going to tackle both the events going to the one event. Cause I'm a mama. I didn't have time. I didn't, my husband at the time was working full time and, and, you know, was coming late hours. I didn't have a babysitter to watch the kids. I actually took my kids. I still do to design events when I can, especially if, you know, if they allow it. But um, to answer your, your question, then I'll answer that one, is online communities. Be active on online communities. Find Slack channels. You know, I'm part of multiple Slack channels. I'm part of a local Slack channel. I'm part of a national Slack channel. And I'm part of an international Slack channel. Just those three, are, three Slack channels? Can uh, you explain? Uh, those Andy, are, Andy doesn't those know are the ones is. that I'm active those are the ones that I'm active on. Okay. I'm part of multiple ones that I go to when I need resources. Like for example, I'm part of the um, ADA Slack channel ally, you know, but I only go on there if I have a question that relates to work, but the ones that I'm really active on and you know, active means I jump in every once in a while. Like I'm not on there every day, but um, so, so that, that's what I recommend. So a community, a Slack channel basically is a an online community some people can do facebook you know i'm just more comfortable on slack but you can be part of a a facebook community that does ux design or or freelance or you know you can actually find um for example um Charlie Marie's YouTube channel, like she has a community online and she talks about freelance and she talks about design and you can find like-minded people that are in that community. So find an online community if you can't go in person, but not just 
you know, pop in there and like be general, actually talk to people one to one. Like if somebody wrote a comment that you relate to, like respond to it, maybe take that conversation privately and, and ask more questions. You will be surprised as to how many people are willing to give you their time and, and help you out. Like the best thing about the design community is very, we are very helpful. You know, we want to give you that time. Um, so the second portion of that is if you are only able to go to one design event um, <clears throat> a year, uh, you better prepare yourself before you even get there. You know, so the things that I would recommend that you do is, you know, research the speakers. You know, if they, if that event actually has built communities for that year's event, you know, participate in those communities, make sure that you have your resume, that your portfolio is ready, make sure that you have your, your card. Don't just give them your business card. Actually make your business card an interactive piece. My business cards, all, all of them, I have four um, questions on my business cards that I give to different people based on the conversations that I had with them. This, the question will give them a reason to reach out to you if they need you, you know what I mean? Or if they love the conversation that they had with you, or if anything, that question makes you memorable. You know, mm -hmm. prepare yourself before you go into the conference. Make sure that you, the people that you're speaking with, you're, instead of speaking with a lot of people, speak, speak with a few and make that friendship. I still am connected with people that I went to a conference to in Boston about two years ago. Mm -hmm. We've created a personal relationship, like friendship, you know what I mean? So, um, so if you can only go to a one event a year, then make the best out of it. Actually dedicate yourself to it. What I did, okay, here's another LinkedIn thing. Let's just talk about the conference that I went to in Boston. It was uh, the UI 22 conference at the time. The people that I met there, every single person that gave me a business card at the end of the night, I went on my computer, I went on LinkedIn, I found them on there, I connected with them and left them a small message that reminded them of the conversation that we had. So that okay. night, even though you were super tired probably. Yes. Wow. So oh my God, commitment. exhausting. So it just takes a little bit of time, but go ahead and do that. Wow. Yes. A hundred percent. You're there. Do it. Like you're there. You're not just there to learn stuff. You're there to make those connections. Mm. You know, um, it'll make you memorable. Like there's people that mm -hmm. I still talk to and uh, not because I'm looking for work or I ha there's an agenda there. No, I'm trying to make this connection with you. You never know what could happen in the future. You never know if they need freelance work. Like I try to do freelance work on the side, you know, if, if somebody needs it, they know to come to me. You right. know what I mean? So yeah, it's definitely about that. LinkedIn is a great place to do that. All right. So I want to ask a question just in case, did you ever use the paid version of LinkedIn or are we, everything it sounds like is free. These are free mm -hmm. versions, right? Uh -huh. Did you ever yes. use the paid? When I first started, so March to April, so I cleaned up my profile, uh, my profile, I, you know, beefed it up with information, added my resume, added my portfolio on there. You can actually put a PDF version of it on there. I took advantage of the 30 day free, all premium, uh, the premium access, package yeah. access. And what that did is, um, increased my ranking 
and it allowed for people who are looking for people like me, like recruiters, to find me instead of me looking for them. And that's, that's actually how uh, I made a connection to interview for Disney as a Disney Imagineer. Yeah. So definitely, so, I would definitely recommend do, taking advantage of the 30 day premium, especially if your profile is, is still young. You don't have that many connections. So I want to just tell you what the prices are. This is today, November 2nd, 2019. Um, they have four different price tiers. Premium career is what I think that you're getting the 30 day free. It's $30 a month. If you're really actively looking for work or for, um, maybe even freelance that is, I think it's a dollar a day, right? Um, premium mm -hmm. business is $59.99 a month. And, uh, I mean, the other's $29.99, whatever. It's $30, it's $60. I believe that's if you're a business and then you're able to post jobs or get your job up in a different way. I don't really think that's what we, what we would need. And then there's Sales Navigator Pro, which is $80 a month. Again, that's probably not us, but if you had a product you were trying to sell, things like that. But for most yeah. of us, $30 a month would be a good investment if we're really trying to get some more work or new clients or new connections. So Diane, the only reason I would recommend a premium, not for the features that they give you, like they give you like 10 in-mail for free or something like that. Mm -hmm. I would not recommend it for that because you can do the in-mail for free when you're sending a request. Okay. You can do that. So you, they are already providing, you're already, you already have that. I would only recommend it to, to help increase your profile's visibility mm -hmm. um, but you wouldn't need that if you are connected to a lot of people and, right. that, and you're active so it I think there is an algorithm there that you have to crack I'm not aware of the algorithm um, but if you look at it I am pretty sure it has something to do with how active you are you know are you always um, on there are you connecting with people are you talking to people are you responding to messages are you commenting on stuff so the more active you are the higher uh, the visibility of your your um, profile is so all right. So the, just so I'm clear, I'd only give three tiers, the other tiers for recruiters and it's like $120 a month. Okay. So you were, were using pretty much the free and then you did premium for just one month. Did you get the job in that one month? I did. Yeah. Huh. That's okay. how I got to Disney. Yeah. So I got the Disney, um, uh, and I had to say no to Disney long story. It's because I had to move to San Diego. Um, as we made a family decision to, to move to San Diego and, um, uh, through like other channels, which obviously, um, we've already discussed, I was able to find a job in San Diego. Once I got to San Diego, every single job ever since has been through me talking to somebody on LinkedIn. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what kind of things, when that March to April, what kind of things were you posting? Or were you really just connecting and not posting? I mean, you told uh, Annie maybe post, have a 30-day or 100-day challenge so that people can see. Were you also yeah. doing something like that? I wasn't. Uh, at the time, uh, the article feature wasn't available. Mm -hmm. But um, 
if I were to take advantage of that today, I would highly recommend that you, if you have Medium articles, grab your Medium articles, copy paste them into the LinkedIn article feature and post them on there directly. That will help tremendously for sure. So yeah, more of those, you, like how many yeah. a week would you say, or once a week? I, once, once a, a week. One, okay. I would do once a week. Uh, once a month would be good too. It's just to show people. I think it's good. You want, you want quality over quantity when it comes to articles. Because when somebody comes to your profile, you, if you have three really good articles, you don't need more than that. You know, so they don't want to spam people. It, it's, right. it's, it's, it's a theory of, of, um, of choice, right? If, if, if you present somebody with one option, they are more likely to take that one option than when you present them with two options, right? So if you have 50 articles, that's just way too much. You know, they're not going to go through all of them. But if you have three maximum really good articles, I would look at it that way. So I would think of the, the content that you post on there as more of a portfolio than it is of like a social media. Okay. You know? So two, two questions about the articles. So, yeah. and this is what I think. So if you're looking to, to uh, get a job at a place then I would write articles that would be maybe solving questions or solving problems that they would be looking to solve, not just posting portfolio work. Is that what you would think? I would post articles that would um, showcase your design thinking. Okay, mostly. so my process. I would focus, exactly. And how so I, I would focus things. on, yeah, so I would focus on the industry as a whole. I would not be mm. specific to uh, the, the place that you're looking for. When it comes to a portfolio though, if you are building a portfolio and you have illustrated, you're an illustrator and you're a UX designer and you are a photographer, I would create a portfolio that has those three tabs. And when you are applying to a job, I would link them to that specific tab. You know, tab. Okay. Um, if you are doing a PDF portfolio, I would create a PDF portfolio template and that's what I did when I was applying for jobs out of school because I still wasn't, I was trying to figure out, am I doing graphic design? I'm doing UX design. So I had a portfolio template that I actually was able to change the projects that were in it based on the position that I was applying for. Perfect. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's so what Fred, I would recommend. Fred had another question <clears throat> about the article. So um, would you, so sometimes you want backlinks. So say you're doing a blog you want people mm -hmm. to go to your blog. I've had, I have some conversations about this on a regular basis. For SEO, repeated content isn't always the best, but what you can mm -hmm. do is do a part two. Do the part one on LinkedIn, right? And then send them to the part two. Answer the second yep. part of the question. Is that what you would recommend as well? Do part one on yeah. LinkedIn or media? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great strategy. I would also, um, I would also, if you have that one article that you think is, is already excellent, you put all the time and effort, uh, customize it or summarize it and then have the rest, you know, link them back to the full, you know, piece. So you're just using, you know, LinkedIn to kind of like bring interest and then you can send them back to the original one. Yeah. Any length on those you think word count wise? 
I'm not going to give a number, but like, yeah, if somebody can read something under a minute, it's always perfect. Like, I'm not going to sit there and read the whole thing. Uh, right. I would definitely recommend um, uh, sectioning out your article into uh, titling out different sections. Um, so if somebody just wants to scan, mm -hmm. you know, they have the ability to, or skim, they, they have the ability to do so. If they are interested more into a, in a point, then they can actually like sit there and take the time to, to read it. So uh, yeah. All right. So we've like talked content strategy. I know this is, this is a, this is a question I think for people, again, maybe more who are freelancers or have their own uh, company and maybe they're okay. trying to find clients. So if I have my own business and I'm trying to find other entrepreneurs that are not designers, right. That I'm trying to connect with so that I can build their websites. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe I love working for photographers um, that are doing real estate photography or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, how would you suggest I go about finding new clients on um, LinkedIn? Is that something okay, I can so, do? Yeah. So, so you just, let's just continue with the photography and you're looking for clients. Um, there are, um, oh goodness. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me just think of the words. Like um, there are agencies that build real estate, commercial real estate agencies that you can look for and you can connect with the people that are there. Cause if mm. you know, if you look for a real estate agent, you know, a real estate agents are looking for photographers all the time. So look for the people that are going to be looking for you. Yeah, so the, that's the what other, you need to do. The other people in yeah. their network, you got to think about the people that they're talking about. You've got to have those connections as well. Yeah. So then they he, come to you because they're like, Hey, I need a website. And they're like, Hey, I know yeah. somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So um, try to get yourself out of just your own community. Mm -hmm. It's great to connect with people who are in your community. Try to look even, even in the community, diversify the people that you're connected with. Like I'm connected with illustrators and I'm connected with typographers and, you know, uh, different dis design uh, disciplines because even when they're looking to build a website, let's just say if somebody's looking to design a, an app, you're an illustrator, you know, but you're looking for somebody who can do UX design. They're going to look for the people that they know that do UX UI design, right? But if I'm building an app and I'm looking for somebody that can build me an icon library, I have a few people top of mind that I can contact that are friends of mine because they, they do illustration and, and they do that kind of thing. So diversify the people that you're friends with. If you're a photographer, don't just connect with photographers. Right. You're going to be competing with them, you know? Uh, the chances of somebody who's doing, um, for example, illustration um, to connect me with some, a client that needs UX design is higher than if it's a UX designer. They're not going to send me the client. They're going to take the client, you know? Right, right, right. Okay, so Andre had a question. He's been posting to LinkedIn when he has new work. Is that a good idea? He doesn't get a lot of response, though. Do you think it's more about building that network, or do you think... What it's... Yeah, it's, it's more about building the network. Do not think about numbers. Mm. Numbers are not important. You know, comments and likes and all of that is not important. What's important is when somebody goes to your account and they see what you've been posting, what does that look like? You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of like your newsfeed or your Instagram feed or your Twitter feed. What does that look like? It. They're not going to look at how many people like it. They're not going to look at how many people commented on it. They're going to see the work itself. 
Right. If there's a lot of it. And if it's good quality, that's what they're good. That's going to be more impressive than how many people commented on it. Like they don't care. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So it's more about the being regularly in their feed, I think. And, but mm -hmm. you have to have a network to do that. All right. So this is a kind of fast question. We have five minutes left. All right. So okay. in our field, we regularly have to change positions to start learning something new or do something mm -hmm. new, right. Or to manage people or something. Right. But sometimes there's yeah. opportunities to move within a company like bigger companies like Google or Amazon or, or, larger companies, right? Do you think that that's a, a good idea moving within? Do you think it's an advantage? Um, or do you mm -hmm. think it's something that in our industry, we should really go outside of the company? There's positives and negatives. Mm -hmm. If you are looking for the experience, and let's say you're making less pay, moving uh, to a different department to you know do something else, mm -hmm. you might not get that pay increase. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep that in mind because they are going to probably adjust your pay based off of what you're already making. They're not going to adjust your pay, at least based off my experience, they're not going to adjust your pay based off of what that position actually w is willing to offer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it is easier to move within a company, especially if the, the company actually, um, is loyal to their employees. Mm -hmm. It's easier to move within a company to learn something new than to, you know, get a whole new job at, at a new company. You don't know anything about it. Right. Um, one of the things that I'm going through right now is this is something that I'm experiencing right now. And I actually had to, um, change positions from one company to a different one. I'm interested in UX research now. Uh, that's something that I'm really interested in and like conducting interviews. Like if you followed my podcast, you know that I do that on the side. Um, but to do it as a living, if it wasn't for my, you know, side project, which is the podcast and my UX design experience, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been able to get the position that I'm in now. Um, and the position that I'm in now, they're looking for my UX design expertise. So I am um, hired as a UX designer. But being surrounded by other researchers, I'm going to learn a lot. Mm -hmm. So what happens is I'm going to be getting both the design experience and the research experience. And then together, that's going to make me a more well-rounded designer. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So we have like, I got to get these questions answered though. So okay. I'm so sorry. So I have time, Diane. I mean, I, if you have time, I have time. All right. So one of the things is that you were asked to do Adobe Live. So this is within our industry. But it also, so you've been asked to speak at conferences, you've done these things. So when, um, how do these things that are outside of your company, how do these things work to, so Andre's done booths at um, like Comic-Cons or things like that, or, or book publishing, he's done tables. So, uh, you know, how, how do those things look good for your resume as, and are these things you're adding to your LinkedIn as like sp how, speaking gigs where you've showcased, if you had a table mm -hmm. somewhere, is, is that what you would say? So I actually have a position in my LinkedIn. Uh, if you guys go to my LinkedIn, you'll see it. And um, I think it's called speaking, I think, speaking engagements. On there, I have a, what I've been doing. So most recent to oldest, I have the name of the engagement, uh, a short sentence of what it is, and the link, to, the link to it if I have a video. 
obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so take a look at that. And um, so how do I get those opportunities is a whole nother story, but I can quickly uh, talk about it. If you don't ask, you, there, you don't open yourself up to a chance for somebody to say, you know, yes. So asking increases your chances by 50%. Let's just put that on the table. That's the first thing. The next thing is the community. If it wasn't for the community, I wouldn't have gotten uh, Adobe Live. But before getting Adobe Live, Adobe, even if somebody I know recommended me to them, if I already wasn't prepared, mm. I'm always working on my portfolio. I'm always working on side projects. I'm not waiting for myself to be ready to uh, want to go to a different position mm. in order for me to start working on my portfolio. My portfolio is always under construction always my side projects are always ongoing you know what i mean is this something because, so this goes into the next question is this something that sure. you are committing time to each week each month um because it does seem like it's hard to keep up with but it's really important to keep up with it instead of waiting to the end of you know five yeah. years or three years so how do you manage that to keep up with your website yeah. your linkedin your how do you keep up with that it's a, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to say that I do it weekly. I do it maybe once every few months. I definitely dedicate a weekend to it. Um, it happens as a spur of a moment where I'm like, you know what? I need to sit down and do this, <laughs> you know? But when I'm working on projects, I'm always in the back of my mind like, okay, Hiba, make sure you take notes because you're going to need this for your portfolio. Like, okay, this is the problem we're trying to solve. This is the solution we're looking at. This is, these are the steps that we're taking. I, I try to list those out. And if you have like a, a, a Google doc or, you know, you can use Google drive or whatever to keep those notes on there as you're going through a project, it's so much easier to come back to and just mm -hmm. take that content and then plug it in. You know what I mean? It's a super um, great so, tip. It's a great tip. Yeah. Do and that as you're going on your through mind, the project, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. And then, and and as you're going through the project, if you're getting presentations, if you're putting together mock-ups, make sure as you're doing the project, you're putting everything into one file, mm -hmm. you know, that you have access to later. So that's really important. When you're going to starting to um, work on your portfolio, you're not looking for things. Everything is already in one place, and you can just like just paste it onto your portfolio itself. So um, just file management is really important and yeah, not throwing so things organized. away and keeping, okay, so that's great. And going ahead and maybe yeah. doing mock-ups while it's fresh. Yes. And then, um, so this, this, this whole idea is like preparation meets opportunity. So I'm, I try mm -hmm. my best to always, always, always be prepared so that when an opportunity comes my way, I'm like, I'm not saying, Hey, can I get back to you guys after the weekend? Because I need the weekend to build my portfolio. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's more like, Oh, you need a link to my portfolio. Here you go. I I'm missing a project here or there. I'm, I'm more than happy to add that project or show you that project in our next meeting or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so I it shows, it, it, it does show your commitment and also your organization, your professionalism when you do that. All right. So the last three are pretty easy. Okay. Um, how do you recharge and what inspires you? How do I recharge? Oh man. So I'm an extrovert. I recharge by seeing my friends, going out, doing things that, you know, 
I don't know, experiencing new things. That's kind of how I do it. Um, but sometimes, like lately at least, like taking time for myself, maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been writing in a, in a, in a self-guided um, uh, journal that I can recommend as well. Um, so that one has been, that's been really helpful too. So I, I like doing that. That helps me kind of reflect. It helps me, you know, think about the positive things instead of the negative things that are happening in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then surrounding myself by people that truly love me is mm-hmm. so important to me. Like I love to be around my friends. It's, that's important. Awesome. Okay. So then the next one is what advice would you give your younger self? You can relate it to finding a job or, or is there a good time to start using LinkedIn? Should they just, should they wait or should today, they get started any, today? No, start, get started today. Just one step at a time. I would definitely highly recommend that. You know, um, I'm a big believer in one step of, at a time. Mm. Have that big goal. Do not assign a time period for it, but start taking those smaller steps. And what you'll notice is you're so close to your big goal when you're doing that and you're not being overwhelmed, you know, and it's so much easier to accomplish or celebrate smaller goals than one big goal. So waiting to celebrate once you accomplish a big goal is such a pain in the butt, but to always celebrate small goals, like actually boosts your self-esteem and your confidence and, you know, removes self-doubt and all of that. If I could give myself you know, my younger self advice. Let's talk about my younger self that was in architecture school. Yeah, and would you have switch. still gone through architecture school? No, I'm so glad I didn't. Oh my God. So, you know, I'm a, but I'm if a big you were believer. Your younger I'm self. A, <laughs> you go. You're a big okay. believer. I'm a, a, I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason and it always, 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 always happens for the best. Mm. And even though I was devastated when the housing market crashed and I couldn't find a job as an architect and um, I had to switch careers, look at me now. Like, look at what I'm doing now. I'm doing what I'm more passionate about. Like, I don't think I would have thrived in the United States as an architect as I'm doing now as a UX designer Mm. you know and I I'm not saying that I'm you know this idol but like where I'm at right now I'm like really happy and content you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I don't think that that would have so as, as to give myself advice advice that I give myself like 10 years ago or something um I would tell myself like trust the universe, mm. the universe knows best. It's advice that I keep reminding myself even today, whenever anything happens that I feel like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? I'm not happy mm-hmm. that this is going on. I just, you know, I go with it and and try, try my best. It's like the most difficult thing to do, but like try my best to remind myself that there is something better that's coming out of this. So just be patient, you know? Yeah. So, so what I was going to ask was, um, <laughs> would you have still gone through architecture school? If what? Uh, if you could give yourself advice or would you have just gone straight to design? 
say, uh, I was forced into leaving architecture school because of like the housing market and mm -hmm. like, you know, all of that. So I think at the time, if I had the opportunity to move forward with architecture, I would have moved forward with architecture. Okay. That was my passion. But be, because I was forced out of it mm -hmm. and it was this like horrible thing, you know, like I was completely devastated because it was my passion. It was the thing that I really wanted to do. Um, I'm, I think I would tell myself back then to just be patient and have trust in, in the universe because now I see what happened, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Last one is what's next for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just started a new job about a, a month ago. Um, I got it through LinkedIn. I actually, uh, went to, you know, I use LinkedIn for recruiters and I use LinkedIn the same way I was using it. Um, but I was interested in a, a local company. I'm actually working for a design agency now. Um, I, uh, that it was a reputable agency. Mm -hmm. I, uh, they have their methodology to advertise on their website. It's something that I really want to learn. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually reached out to one of their designers there that used to work at my previous company. Um, actually, I actually replaced him twice. I replaced him at my old company and I replaced him this time on this company. Complete coincidence. <laughs> it's just a funny wow. story. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I reached out to him. I had never met him. I've never worked with him, um, but my coworkers did, and they spoke highly of him. So I reached out to him via LinkedIn. I was like, "Hey, um, I see that you guys are looking for a UX designer. I really am interested in this position. I really want to work for this company. Um, would you be open to, you know, speaking with me and hearing what I have to say?" And they brought me in the next week, and the rest is history. Yeah. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Very lucky. Very fortunate. Thank you. So I just want to let y'all know all the links are down below. The links for the ads that'll come after this uh, will be <laughs> down below. But you can connect with Hiba on a bunch of different ways. Definitely LinkedIn. I shared in the chat, but I'm going to share it right again verbally. And I'm going to share it um, below as well. So it's Heba each, 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 what? That's not a letter. H-E-B-A-H-B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. <laughs> That's her website. And then on LinkedIn, it's everything is Heba by design. Hib, right, right, Hibba by Design, H-E-B-A-H, by, B-Y, and then Design. So um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Dribble is just Hibba, um, Twitter is Hibba by Design, and YouTube, you can follow her YouTube channel uh, at Hibba by Design as well. Yes, and if you guys are looking for my uh, UX portfolio, it's Hibba.me, and um, uh, that one is still under construction, just FYI. <laughs> That's great. It's always though, right? Always uh, under construction. Yes. I'm, all right. I'm writing that one down. I'm going to add that to the site as well. And you guys can always access all the show notes and there's a transcription of this whole thing with links on rechargingyou.com slash 319. So I will see you guys. I'm hoping maybe to do a Wednesday show for you uh, just to kind of recap some things that I learned in Bend, Oregon, and some things that I taught. And I hope that you guys will join me on Wednesday for that live episode. And then 
after that, we're going to talk about time management. So it's really good that we did this with Hiva today. Now we have all the stuff to do, right? Now we have the stuff to integrate on a regular basis, but now we need to do some time management. And we've got somebody in Europe doing this one. So I'm excited to uh, bring Dimi on and he's going to talk to us about time management. So you got two weeks ready in front of you. Um, Hiva, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and a great November. I can't wait to talk to you in December. And um, we will see you guys next week.